my stuff here. Hello, hello, good morning. Testing, testing. We got the sound? All right. Well, welcome everybody. I am uh, just excited to be here today from um, sent out from my church just around the corner, Belize Life Center. And it's so good to be standing here in this place with this uh, body of believers. I have to tell you, it, um, each church has its own personality and its own giftings and its own anointings. So um, I sense the difference in what God is doing in different churches. So let's start with prayer and let's get a hold of his presence here. <clears throat> Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. Jesus, Prince of Peace, we invite you into the room. Father, you are amazing. We give you glory for what you're doing. We just want to come and sit at your feet today. We want to come and enjoy your presence. We want to come and catch hold of what you're saying this morning. We want to catch hold of your heart for each of us, for our nation, for our families, for our communities. So we give you glory. We just love you and we enjoy your presence. Amen. So this morning, I want, uh, the, what was, the Lord was putting on my heart was taking a fresh look at a couple of things. Anybody ever take out the phone and you're busy, you're doing about five things, you catch a couple messages, you skim through them and go, yep, I got that, on to the next thing. And about a day and a half later, you realize, I didn't really read what that message said. And I missed some important points. Anybody else do that? Yeah. Well, I think we do that with the Word of God sometimes, too. Some things get familiar, and uh, there's some fresh things that the Lord wants to show us. <clears throat> I've been in Hebrews chapter 1. I only got three verses, and I got stuck there. So Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of the Father's glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged sin, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. 
Wow, you got the whole message of the cross, the whole message of the gospel right there. But as I kept coming back to it, sometimes as you're reading, there's, um, there's weight on a particular word or phrase, and I just can't get past upholding all things by the word of his power. He upholds all things by the rhema word. It didn't say the logos word. It said the rhema, spoken word of his dunamis, miracle-working power. <clears throat> and in 1 Corinthians 1.18, I'm going to give you a little foundation here. Then I have some questions for you. 1 Corinthians 118. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. You ever run across that? You try to share this golden nugget of precious love of God, and there's some that are too educated to believe it. There's some who have never experienced it, and it just kind of goes over the top of their head. There's some that don't want it at all. So the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God, the dunamis power. Okay, I've got a little quiz for you. You guys should be able to pass this test really easy. You guys can fill in the blanks. Eve ate the... How many times do we hear Eve ate the apple? It doesn't say apple, does it? Um, Jonah was eaten by a... Bible says a great fish. How many of our kids' Bible storybooks have this cute little whale and Jonah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, how many wise men visited baby Jesus? Huh? It says there was three gifts. It says nothing about how many wise men there were. There were magi. There were wise men from the east that came and visited but we always tell the story and we have our Sunday school, uh, our, our nativities and everything. It's, it's always three, but the Bible doesn't say three wise men. It says three gifts. Okay, see if you can get this one. Pride comes before a... Actually, let me read Proverbs 16, 18 before you. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. So a haughty spirit can lead to a fall, but pride is worse, okay? So just taking a fresh look. Um, how did Mary get to Bethlehem? There's nothing about a donkey in there. <laughs> so, 
Um, maybe it was a donkey. Maybe she walked, but. Uh, okay, last one. The new covenant begins at what book in the Bible? We're used to the Old Testament and the New Testament. We're used to looking at the New Testament beginning at Matthew chapter 1. But the covenant did not shift there. The covenant shifted at the cross. The new covenant actually was ushered in at the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That really shifted some things for me. Like, I should have known that. I should have got that. But the new covenant began at the cross. Uh, Galatians 3.13 says, this is a great one. I find that this is a great one to memorize, that I pray this one a lot when I'm praying for people. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Old Testament, the law. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. As it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Christ hung on a tree, the cross, that the blessing of Abraham, the promise, would come upon us. Also, John 10.10 says, I always use this one for my measuring stick. Whenever something's going on in the family, whenever uh, something's going on, um, Lord, is where are you in this? What am I dealing with? I use John 10.10 as the measuring stick. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that I might have life, and that much more abundantly. It, the word is super abundantly. It's, it's the life in, in the natural, and it's the life in the spirit. The day that we're born again and accept Jesus Christ into our life, we step into eternity. We don't wait till we're in heaven to connect with eternity. <clears throat> I love this uh, song this morning, The Beauty for Ashes. He turns graves into gardens. That's what he purchased us, that we might obtain the blessing and the promise of the Holy Spirit he turns bones into armies. He makes seas into highways. He's the only one who can. <laughs> Just a, a, a story in my life 
in 2007, we had been um, really saying, it's time for us to get a home and a land. It's time for us to have something of our own. And the Lord spoke to me clearly, gave me a promise. It was out of 2 Samuel 7.10. And as, when I personalized it to myself, it says, I will appoint a place for you, and I will plant you, that you may live in a place of your own and move no more, nor shall the sons of wickedness oppress you any more as previously. Very clear promise. I had it written out. I was standing on it. And then every time we would find a piece of land, it would get tangled up. It would, we even cleared a couple pieces of land and something would happen every time. The word was, I will appoint a place for you. Some people can go ahead and go choose something and that's tremendous blessing. He said, I'm gonna appoint the place for you. So then in 2018, <laughs> how many people have hit that crisis point? And it looks like your promise will never be fulfilled. And you have to surrender it. And you have to lay it down. You have to put it back on the altar. Uh, 2 Samuel 7.10. It's where the Lord is speaking to David. David says, I want to build you a house, Lord. And the Lord says... No, your son is going to build the house, but David, I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to appoint a place for you and build you a house. And he also said, I'm also going to build your family line where I'm going to build your physical house, but I'm going to build your spiritual house, your family line also. And it's a great promise from the Lord in the life of David. So 2018, I hit that crisis point, and it was surrendering it all and laying it all down. But you know, within two months, <laughs> the Lord resurrected the promise. We were having women's conference here, and um, Mercedes, was, Mercedes was leading an activation. And they had gotten a whole bunch of pink papers that they had sought the Lord and asked him uh, just a prophetic word for the people. You ladies remember this one? And they had laid it out on the stage here, but there was like 200 pieces of paper, pink pieces of paper on that stage. And this is just shortly after my crisis point. And I'm sitting in the back right here, and I say, Lord, I want my promise. When I walk up, do I walk to the right or to the left? He said, right down the middle. I said, Lord, when I get there, do I reach right or left? Because like, there's 200 pieces of paper there. He says, right in front of you. So I reached down. I picked up this piece of paper. It still stays in my Bible today. And I opened it up, and it said, land that is all your own.
He said, I will appoint a place for you, and I will plant you. So I go along farther down the line, and still nothing, still nothing. And I had gone to the point of, I don't even want to look at anything. I don't even, it's yours, God. And one evening in 20, uh, December 8th, 2020, or, yeah, 2020, and we're coming through co uh, quarantine and all of that, and a neighbor comes to me and asks in the evening, we have a piece of land for sale. Um, do you want to look at it? And I'm going, oh, I don't even want to look. But it was a really beautiful evening. And I, and I said, okay, I'll just walk over there with you this evening. And the thing is, by that time, I didn't have a dollar in my land account. I didn't have a dollar in my land account. I had a land account, but I didn't have a dollar in it. <laughs> and so I walked up there and I looked and I went, wow, um, but I don't have the finance. One person that night, I sent like one phrase of a message. I looked at a land tonight. I didn't tell anybody else. I didn't seek anything. Next morning, I go shopping uh, in town. And on the way back, I stop at Pastor's house. And my internet, we did not have internet at that point. The internet was not good. I had no internet. But I stopped at Pastor's house on the way home for about 15 minutes. And as I'm there for that 15 minutes, I get an internet call timing that I couldn't have ever done. If the land looks good, the money's there. I could have never done that. I, then from there, the paperwork wasn't in the proper order. But this time, every step, every step, every step, and uh, right now, we just built first time owning property in my life, in my 60s, first time owning property. It's beautiful. It's exactly what I would have chosen. And um, we just built our first structure, which was a nice thatch shed. And now I don't, have, I don't have the first dollar for the house, but I have a house. It's soon going to be there. And I'm soon going to be enjoying those fruit trees there. So Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. I didn't deserve that. He became the curse for us. As, as it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. He makes beauty for ashes. So shifting gears just a little bit, I really got um, thinking lately and just stirring in me. We look at people after the flesh. We know people after their personality, the things they do, the things they say. But God looks at the heart. He knows people after the spirit. 
And as we grow in him, you guys are a mature um, body of believers. You know the treasure that God has put in people. You, you can discern the calling and purposes that he has over people's lives and help draw that out, that identity. Um, Romans 8.19 says, For the earnest expectation of creation eagerly awaits. What's it waiting for? The revealing of the sons of God. Who are we really? What do we look like according to the Spirit? How come when Jesus was walking about ministering, the people kept looking to him after the flesh? Well, he's Joseph's son. He's the carpenter's son. There's his family right there. And they couldn't see who he was. But he would be in the temple ministering. And the demons are saying, this is the son of God. And you are the Christ, the son of God. Now, demons don't get to announce the Christ. <laughs> so they, they get shut up because they're not coming from the right place, from the right honor. <clears throat> but they could see according to the Spirit. So uh, in the garden, when sin entered the world, there was a veil. When they walked and talked with Jesus, when with God the Father in the garden, there was that clear line of communication. And they could flow in the spiritual realm. But when that was broken by sin, that veil, um, we see with the natural senses. We see with our five natural senses. And we have to learn and come into that inviting the Holy Spirit um, and maturing in, in our walk to know his voice, to know him, to grow in him, and to see things by the Spirit. <clears throat> at the Transfiguration, uh, let's just look at that once. Matthew 17, uh, verse 1. Matthew 17, 1. Can you imagine being there that day with Peter, James, and John? Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and his brother, led them up on the high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as a light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Peter answers and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, uh, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. That's what the demons were seeing. They saw the shining one. 
they saw him in his glory. But how do we look in the spirit? You ever thought about that? On the other side of the veil, what do we look like? Let's go to Daniel 12.3. Daniel, Daniel. Right after Ezekiel. Daniel 12.3. It's talking in the end of verse 1. It speaks of everyone who is found written in the book, the book of life, those whose names are written because they've acknowledged Jesus as Lord. It says in verse 3, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. We also shine. Even on those days that it's a difficult day, and we don't feel like it. Behold, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It's not like an old bicycle that you fix up. We're a brand new creature never before seen. We are changed in the spirit. We are like the Ferrari, brand new, whole different level. We might not realize it right away in the natural, but in the spirit, it's recognized. We look different. We shine. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's not when I get my act together. That's not when I'm, um, when I'm more mature. That's the moment you accept the Lord. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The cross purchased that for us. We're new. When someone doesn't want to come to church because their life is a mess and they want to get, their, get it together better before they come, no, you come as you are. You come as you are. You come to him and he changes you from the inside out. He turns those um, graves into gardens. He turns those bones into armies living, breathing, hearing, powerful armies. He makes the seas and the boulders that are in a, their way, the obstacles that feel like they're never going to move. He's an expert about making that a highway and a smooth place, giving us a bridge. You ever think about a bridge? 
if you hit something where there's this big valley before you in life, and by this age in life, man, there's life throws a bunch of things at you and how you're going to walk through that. But I had the Lord one time when I faced a very big obstacle. I had him tell you, I'm going to be your bridge. So that means instead of going down, way down in this thing, and then having to fight your way and crawl back up the other side, he's a smooth, level path for us to cross over on. So we are no longer sinners saved by grace. We're no longer sinners. Our identity has changed. We are new creations. We are saints. He calls us saints, worthy by the blood, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Do we sin? Yes. Yes. But that, that's not our nature. That's no longer our nature. We are saints having a bad day. We come boldly before him. He says in John 13, 8 through 10, we need only to wash our feet. We don't need the whole bath. So we come to him, we repent quickly, and we wash. <clears throat> so if we are transformed, if in the spiritual realm we are different, we are the shining ones, and we're coming into that identity of the revealing of the sons of men, what really is available to us? What did the cross really purchase us? Just salvation? I think we have only scratched the surface of what is possible. I think uh, we have only just begun to taste and see that the Lord is good. Ephesians 1.3 says that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. If we are crucified it with him, if we are buried with him, if we are raised with him, time does not exist on the eternal realm. Time is a create part of the creation. We are seated right now in heavenly places in Christ. We have access. We, he said, come boldly before the throne of grace that you may uh, obtain mercy and find grace. Grace is a power. Find grace to help in time of need. Ephesians 1.13, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 2.6, we are seated together in heavenly places. Ephesians 1.18 says, he wants us to know the hope of his calling, our glorious inheritance in the saints, and he wants us to know the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. The same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand far above every principality and power and dominion and might and over every name that is named. He says, behold, I have given you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. We have a new inheritance. We have the blessing. We have Zoe life and that much more abundantly. So how many people this week got hit by stuff? Me. Yeah. 
Yeah, so where the rubber meets the road, Father, how do we come into this fullness of who we are? So then let's look at how Jesus interacted after the cross. I was reading through the book of John, and when I got to the end, I started noticing he came first to Mary at the tomb. And in, in um, John 20, 17, he said, Mary, uh, I haven't gone to the Father yet. I'm ascending to the Father right now, but go tell them I'm alive. There was so much love and compassion in that. He had a mission, but he stopped for the one. And then uh, let's look at John 20, verse 19. Then the same day at the evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. He showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And then he came back for Thomas again. Verse 26, after eight days the disciples were again inside, Thomas with them, Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. I went through something um, 2019 with Ricky, and he was starting to have some seizures, and suddenly it really got bad. And even though we were on medications, he was reacting to medications, and we were upping the doses, and um, we hit this one point that we couldn't control the seizures. And every time he started falling asleep, because the seizures would come when he was sleeping, every time he would start falling asleep, he'd go straight into seizure. And these were some heavy-duty seizures. <clears throat> I went to the emergency room. You know, I did all I could. Then I went to the emergency room about 10 o'clock one night. And, of course, by the time I got there, he was out of the seizure. And, you know, they had nothing for me. They sent me back home. And I, I laid him beside, you know, a mat right beside me, and we tried to lay down, and every time he would begin to doze off, he would go straight into seizure. Hmm. How many know those points where you feel desperate? You don't have answers and there's serious things happening, those, those crisis points again. And 
you pray sometimes and it feels like nothing's happening. My granddaughter had made a poster on the wall and it was just the word shalom. And I knew that shalom meant healing and health and well-being. And I remember just being so tired and not having any place to turn. There was nowhere I could turn for help at that point. And I just turned and I said, Jesus, I need you to step into the room right now as the shalom. You stepped into the room with the disciples. As the resurrected Christ, you stepped into the room. I invite you right now, I need you. Do you know that immediately I had a clear thought that, okay, there's a different medication in your cupboard, go give him one of those right now. Within five minutes, just the peace came in, he went to sleep, and he was fine that night. Man, I learned something that night. Jesus is the shalom. When he said in, in John 20, when he started coming in the room and declaring himself as the shalom, as peace be with you, I, you got to study it and ask the Lord for yourself. But I think we missed something in the translation. In my opinion, what he's saying there is, I am the shalom. I am now going to interact with you as the shalom. From the Old Testament, the pattern was set. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you shalom. If you've never done a word study on that word, just Google it online in Hebrew. There's some little YouTube clips that are awesome too. But shalom means complete. It's so much more than just peace. There's some Hebrew words that just pack in them. Like, to me, when it talks about the blessing of Abraham, that whole thing of the blessing is packed into this word, shalom. It means to be complete to be whole, to have peace, to have health, to have welfare, the feeling of well-being. How many times do you go to sleep and you feel that kind of dread feeling of something's wrong, I'm dealing with something, uh, what am I going to do? Uh-uh. Can we go to bed every night with that sense of well-being? Safety, soundness, tranquility, to prosper, to perfect, fullness, rest, and harmony. It's from a root word that says to be complete, perfect, and full. It's made of four Hebrew letters, and these letters basically give the story the word says, the spirit that destroys chaos. 
Who brings chaos? The one who has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Who has come to give us life? The blessing belongs to us. The blessing belongs to us. The shalom belongs to us. I think as Jesus steps into the room and we invite him to step into the room, that as his presence comes, there's not even a prayer needed. I think that Jesus showed up in places and the shalom peace of, of heaven showed up and people were healed just being there. And then if they still needed healing, then he laid hands on them. You ever been in a meeting where people are healed just in the worship? I have been. I've been healed just in the worship. One time had, um, before COVID, one of these bad winter viruses that I just couldn't get over. And I stepped into a meeting uh, up at Belmopan with the leaders in this nation. And in the worship, I just started breathing like, like if you go to the doctor and they say, take a deep breath. But if you take too many of those deep breaths, you start getting dizzy. <laughs> no, I did that for three hours. Just, I, I believe I experienced the breath of God. Just, it was so sweet. I just couldn't get enough of that deep breath. And within two days, my, my lungs were clear, and I never had another one. of. I didn't realize right away, but I never had another virus like that. The Lord maybe even protected me ahead of time from the things we dealt with last couple of years. Let's take a minute before the Lord. As we finish up, let's take a minute. There's times that... Um, it takes some prevailing prayer to break through. I'd like you to just, um, you know, what, what the obstacle is that's been before you this week where you're stuck. I've got a couple. And then they kind of pull your attention that way. Let's bring those before the Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you with the obstacles that face us in the natural. Jesus, we invite you to step into this situation as the shalom of heaven. We ask you to bring order where there has been chaos, to bring blessing where there has been loss, to bring... Um, health where there has been infirmity father thank you for jesus jesus shalom we invite you into these areas where there has been infirmity and we receive the shalom of heaven we receive the health and well-being we receive the prospering of our souls 
We receive the prospering of our families. We receive the prospering of our finances. But things that we have, vehicles and appliances and such that break down and need fixing, provide the solution quickly and easily. Now, let's go one step higher. The obstacles like to divert our attention away, but let's take one step higher. Father, what is your heart for this week? What is the thing that you're wanting to show us that we've been distracted with, these obstacles? Holy Spirit, would you reveal, would you cause the revealing of the sons that we know who we are and see the bigger picture and the higher calling? We wait before you right now and we ask you to speak to us. We seal it with the blood of Jesus. We ask that you would continue this week, Holy Spirit, speaking to us about who we really are and what we really look like in the Spirit and what is the high calling that you have before us. We silence the old wounds. We silence the obstacles. We silence even the voices that tell us we're not enough and we receive all of what you have. We receive the bigger picture, and we receive the higher calling. In Jesus' name. <laughs>